I want to say a word or two about ISIS brides. <laughs> the, the issue has come to my attention again because, I mean, I have my own sources and, and I was told by someone, I won't repeat who, that Shamima Begum was brought into the UK. Um, it's not quite clear whether she came late on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. But Shamima Begin, Begum was brought into the United Kingdom and is being held in a secret location. And I have that on fairly good authority. It's uh, not that she's being confined. Uh, she's being held secretly for her own safety. And it's an interesting case that raises interesting issues. I mean, you know who she was, and uh, the, the and very famous ISIS, British ISIS bride, uh, she had a Dutch husband who was an ISIS fighter who she married days after arriving in Syria. And he has survived. He's presumably, or at the best of our knowledge, imprisoned in northern Syria, though he's quite possibly now escaped to Turkey in the chaos that ensued after the uh, Turkish invasion of the Kurdish region of Syria uh, when President Trump betrayed his uh, Kurdish allies. And, and uh, like I say, an interesting case, her parents are from Bangladesh, a country she has never visited, and of which she has uh, no citizenship. Um, she felt inspired by ISIS, or Daesh, uh, an organization to which she still appears to be in some degree loyal. At least, that's my impression from reading her interviews, and she joined them, of course, at the age of 15. She's now just 20 years old and appears from press interviews to be very naive. She had three children by her Dutchman, all of whom are now dead. Uh, she married him at 15, which is under the age of consent. The Dutch don't want him. Mind you, uh, if he found his way back there, they'd, I suppose, accept him. Um, the British don't want her. He's declared that he would like to uh, be reunited with her and uh, take her to Holland. Uh, the British have stripped her of her citizenship, but she's just one amongst thousands. I mean, what do you do with these people? I mean, she's, of course, celeb. I suppose she's more, more high profile, but um, there are countless individuals in her position and uh, many of them are, uh, are Arabs. Uh, you, you go to northern Iraq and you see the camps, huge camps in which these people are confined with their children. Um, unhappy business. So nobody wants them. I, I spoke to a, a British lady. Only yesterday I was chatting to a lady, a friend of my wife's, and uh, she said quite candidly, no, I mean... We don't want them back. Uh, why should they come back? Um, uh, they, whatever their circumstances, they made their bed, they lie in it. Yet there is international law by which we are not allowed to withdraw citizenship. I think the British courts have been very shady in that respect. Uh, you're not allowed to withdraw the citizenship of a person and make them stateless, to be specific. Under international law, you cannot make a person stateless. I mean, Shamima Begum was made stateless by the withdrawal of her British citizenship, in my view, <laughs> presumably, in the view of anybody. But the, the court said, no, 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 no. Uh, 
uh, she can have Bangladeshi citizenship. The government of Bangladesh has specifically said that she may not have Bangladeshi citizenship, that she has never lived there, that they have nothing to do with her, and were she to arrive, they would execute her, which is uh, ruthless and perhaps in... Uh, you may even regard it as understandable. The point is that um, she has no other citizenship, despite the the what I regard as the very shoddy decision of the British courts the, just the other day in regard to appeal case. I mean, we're talking as of now, this year. And yet she is here in the United Kingdom. She's no longer in Syria, even though that's not publicly generally known. What but she she's just one of so many and so many misguided people and yet you cannot i mean we we had this instance of re-education where we had a um a chap a prisoner who was a celebrated uh, convert from islam and then he he went out and stabbed and killed people just the other day uh, in london so so you know uh, re-education doesn't necessarily work, especially um, de-radicalization. Uh, you can never be sure uh, once you have somebody who has adopted these extreme views. It's dangerous, it's difficult, and the cost of watching people like this is astronomic. So what do you do? You want to set up some prison camp on an island somewhere? Very difficult, really. Very difficult indeed. I think with regard to the locals, um, the locals who joined um, Daesh or ISIS, the Iraqi locals and so on, then the uh, what I've said before is that the tribes can stand surety for them or the individuals from their family can stand surety for them and put up bonds, which would be substantial and um, stand guarantee and that way they can be released back into society. The Iranians did something of that kind with those that were opposed to the Iranian state at one point. Worked well for them, I'm just saying. Uh, can we envision a similar thing where Shamima Begum's uh, family put up a bond and then if she misbehaved, they would forfeit that money, presumably have to use some sort of guarantee because unless they were rich so they'd have to guarantee with the value of their homes or something of that kind mm, very questionable difficult 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 i mean it might work in the middle east would it work here no probably but nonetheless we have a moral duty bring them back and put them on trial for their crime yes that works but then for how long uh, are they going to be imprisoned you um you're going to put uh, a, a woman on trial for something she did at the age of 15, and then you're going to imprison her for four years, five years, and then release her. And then she's paid her debt to society, but she could still be dangerous. So hugely difficult questions, very, very poignant and very pertinent. And there is the issue of basic injustice. You cannot, we, in my view, you cannot go around withdrawing citizenship. 
Partly, it's a bad example to the world. Other countries then copy you. Bahrain copies Britain and says, oh, well, look, Britain does it. And that's exactly what happens, by the way. So, you know, it becomes a human rights issue. So, what I reckon is that it is immoral to withdraw the citizenship of one of your citizens, whether or not that leaves them stateless, and it, invariably it does. It is immoral. And so you have to deal with these people. Uh, whether, I don't think you're under any obligation to repatriate them and yourself. I mean, Britain is not, an under, in my view, an obligation to repatriate these people. But if they are imprisoned in a third country, then we should contribute to the cost of their imprisonment. And that's about it. I mean, if they, if they make their way here, um, they should be put on trial for their crimes. And they, yeah, we have to deal with it. We have to deal with it. It is our problem. These are our citizens. We cannot fob them off on other places if we don't want them. We introduce a new crime of treason? If possible. Why not? Um, I mean, a new uh, uh, present treason is a crime against the crown, but you could introduce a new form of treason that rep was for, that, that more enabled you to put people on trial for loyalty to um, a rogue state like Islamic State. Yeah, uh, for loyalty to an enemy of Britain uh, or America, if it's America or whatever. Anyway, things to think about. But the status quo is not acceptable. It's a dangerous example to the world. It's leaving our problems for others to clean up. And it is ethically, morally wrong, in my view. There you go. <laughs> I've said my piece. It's easy to talk, isn't it? And harder to act. Imagine being the politician that publicly said Shamima Begum should come home. She is home, but publicly said that. Wow. Your political career would be at an end. Goodbye. We do live in a democracy. Tough, tough questions. Okay, something to consider. Thank you.